drove to church today, I was telling my grandchildren, recounting this, this story, Brother Branham spoke about the eagle, about the eagle setting its wings in the winds and the currents of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I think that's our responsibility today is wherever you're at, jump off the limb. Amen. Spread your wings. Amen. Get in the current of the Holy Spirit and soar into the places where all things are possible to them that believe. Amen. God is here to supply every need today and to speak to your heart, to reveal himself to you. Amen. Allow him to speak to you. Open your heart to receive from him. Amen. Amen. I believe God has things for us today. Amen. Brother Kenneth, are you here? Yeah, there he is. See him back there. God bless you. And I knew you, you would, I could count on you being here. Speaking to Brother Kenneth the other day, you know, the devil has done everything he could to destroy him. But today, as we are here, he's still not destroyed. No matter what the enemy has tried to do, amen, he has persevered and rose up above it and kept the faith. And if God should choose to take him into the other dimension, it would be no, by no means the reason of a weakness of faith it would be because of God's great design and his plan for us but brother Kenneth has had 12 heart attacks three of them have been massive he's had 23 stents in his heart he's had two strokes the doctors say he has cancer in half of his body his blood his bones and his lymph nodes and he's still in church Take that, devil. Amen. He still comes to the house of God. He still declares that God is his healer and deliverer. Amen. He's not just here by accident today. He's here every service, every time the door is open. And he says, you know, the reason for it, Brother Tim, he said, is because you have to have a love for God and a love to hear the truth. And that'll make you there. Otherwise, he said... You'll make every excuse as to why you won't come. Amen. Today is Mother's Day. and uh, It's the day that has been designated as Mother's Day. Our prophet told us every day ought to be a day of tribute to Mother. But as I was there in the back room and I was thinking about some of the great triumphs and men and women of faith begin to think about one I mentioned one in particular today was talking about her when, with the ministers and deacons there and that was Sister Bessie Mitchell that the Lord has called home some years ago but she still has an impact her life is still has an impact upon lives and people's hearts even today we all remember when her face became all clouded and drawn and, 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 and whatever with the lupus disease, we also remember the Lord healed her of that. Amen. And that she lived for several years after her healing and didn't die of that disease because our Lord is a healer. 
Amen. We're talking about people of faith here today. I think about my own mother who's crossed over on the other side. I saw her just um, not too long ago there that Lord let me see her as a young woman. But I remember also when she was just a young mother having before her last child was born. Doctor diagnosed her with cancer. Told her that they were going to have to do surgery. She went down to her church. They anointed her with oil and uh, prayed for her. The prayer of faith went back to the doctor. Got a complete clean bill of health because God's still the healer. Amen. He healed them. And that was 57. He'll heal today. And then 2018 because he doesn't change. Amen. Now, all of our heroes of faith are not on the other side, though many of them and most of them are. But we have some here today that are overcoming right now in the hour and the day that you're living. Amen. And we're thankful for women, women of faith today that stand for truth and for righteousness. And God bless you all today. Amen. Amen. Today, we come into the service. And the scripture, or the quote that Brother Michael has put up for today is, let us throw on wood of the word that it might kindle a new fire that our hearts would be full of zeal. I believe there's fire here in the hearts and lives of men and women. I don't believe that we're all a bunch of lukewarm Laodiceans. I believe we're overcomers in this hour, in this age. How many believes that this morning? How many would confess that? I'm an overcomer of lukewarmness. I'm not going to let the devil get me to church, you know, and then let me go to sleep. Ah, we're not going to bring to church a bunch of lukewarm unbelievers make believers we're going to come as men and women that are on fire for god amen that are here to declare to jesus before god to jesus christ our tribute of our love and our praise to him amen we're here to put everything we have in this service i want you to know many years ago when i started when i first started preaching i was only 15 Somewhere maybe a year or so later, I don't remember exactly the time it was, but somebody handed me their tithing. And I felt that was so sacred, so sacred to receive that tithing from the Lord that he provided to take care of the ministry. And I promised God, Lord, I'll never preach a sermon just to do it. I'll put my whole heart, my whole soul into it. I'll I'll preach it with passion, with faith, and proclaim this gospel. I'm going to hold true to that. And that's what we're here today. I'm not here for an hour or two just to do a duty and a job. This is not a job to me. This is a life. This should not be a duty to you this morning to be assembled like this, that we come out of duty. It ought to be it's our life it's our joy to serve god and we're going to we're going to pull on the gift of god we're going to ask god to speak 
We will not, we will not bring a discredit to his name by sitting there and snoozing on the, on the pew and, 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 and being bored with the sermon. We're going to receive from God. I don't care how many times we've heard it. We're going to rejoice in the word of truth because it's our life. Amen. It's our joy. Amen. We're going to put everything we've got into it. We're not here to play church. We're not here just to occupy a pew. We're here to receive something from God. And I felt that a while ago when you sang the song, I feel the pull. I hear the call. And I know the Spirit is moving me to give my all. And I'm here to give my all. Amen. To say, Lord, cause me to step up another notch higher. Throw on some wood of the Word of God now. and Kindle a new fire. Let it burn higher than it's ever burned. Let me declare to this generation that Jesus Christ lives. Are you here to serve the Lord today? Amen. Then let's worship him as we approach the word. Father, today we want to just say that we love you. And we're glad to be your children. Lord, what a privilege this is. Lord, when we think of churches across the land that are called churches that are nothing more than concentration camps where people are dying spiritually and to realize that you have brought us back to our homeland and today Lord we're here in our homeland of this word and we're here to receive and reap of the benefits of it We will not let the enemy rob us from one thing of good that God has in his word. But we today will receive what you have sent for us to receive. There are those that are listening right in this service. They're they're listening via the internet or maybe in the archive in a day or so ahead or a week ahead or whenever it is that they will hear it. And they're depending on a a word that will set them free and that will liberate them from the bondage of sin or a habit or a bondage of sickness or disease. And Lord, we are sending forth this word, Lord God, today in the name of Jesus Christ with a message. We are here to set the captive free. We are here to proclaim liberty to them that are bound. We are here to say, no weapon that is formed against us shall prosper. And we are here to declare that is our heritage and the heritage of the saints of God. And Lord, there are those in our midst that came anyway. Our sister Ristler sitting here and sitting in the service suffering with pain in her body, numbness on her side, worrisome thoughts that would want to come through the mind. It could be this, it could be that, or you know how the enemy plagues us. But Lord, today we set our wings on the wings of faith, to the winds of faith, and we rise, Lord, in a higher place. We're not struggling. We know it's the grace of God that's been afforded to us to heal us of all our diseases. And Lord, we're asking in the name of Jesus, you'll bring healing to those that are in need, Lord. 
we ask God for deliverance, full, total deliverance. Father, even for our agent, our mothers, Lord, like Sister Moselle, Lord, not able to, to, to attend perhaps, but sick in her body, doctors wanting to put stents in her heart. You're the healer and deliverer, Lord. May you be her comforter today. The Hollis family also, Lord. Our brothers, our sisters, you've seen them, the hours, the two hours they've driven up in age. But because they love you, they were faithful, Lord, time upon time, upon time again. And they're faithful today. They still love you with all their heart. I pray your blessings would be upon them. I think about my own dear mother-in-law laying there now blind Lord deaf hard to communicate with Lord sometimes confused Lord you're the deliverer we ask Lord for thy mercies and grace she's been a faithful saint of God and we know you love her and we love her too and we ask your blessings upon her I think as many mothers, Lord, some of them struggling financially without a husband, their caregiver, the man that would they pledged to, to help them in life's journey, abandoned them because of sin. Lord, I pray you'll support them today and support their children with faith to believe we can be overcomers in spite of the failures we see. Lord, I pray, God, for every person, everyone, Lord, that you'll meet the needs of your children, no matter what they are. And for our brother Kenneth here today, Lord, that reminds me of, he's been like our brother Jerry, Shaw was so faithful, so faithful right down to the end. Lord, and you graduated him, took him on the other side. But Lord, you have our brother Kenneth here for a purpose. And Satan has not been able to destroy him to this day. And cannot stop his faith. And he stands as a believer today. Believe in your word. Right, faithful. I pray God you'll strengthen him today. Gird him up with the strength of the Holy Ghost. That he would go forth in the power of the resurrected Christ. Our Lord Jesus, as I am reminded many years ago, as he spoke to me, to go tell him, Brother Kenneth, you are loved by Jesus Christ. May he know, Lord, that love will never leave him. The never-failing presence of Jesus Christ is with him wherever he goes. And with us today, as we look to you in Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you, amen. Praise the Lord. Isn't God good? Amen. I certainly appreciate the Lord and for his goodness to us. We uh, love the Lord and thank him for this time that we can come together. Looking to his word this morning. Will you turn with me to Romans chapter 8? In verse 19, we're happy to have every person that is here. I see Brother Chris back there. Amen. He's here with us, Brother Chris Smith. 
And we're happy to have him in service with us. And uh, uh, y'all may not know it, but uh, many years ago, some little, little sermons from the church reached him down in prison. And there were some life-changing events that took place for him. Amen. And this is why he can sit among believers today. Amen. We thank God for truth that will liberate and truth that will set men and women free. Amen. Romans chapter 8 and verse 19. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. God bless you. You can be seated. I'm going to speak today on the adoption age. I'm not speaking so much on the individual adoption because I do believe that when a man is filled with the Holy Ghost, that that is the adoption robe and he is equipped to go forth in the name of Jesus Christ and to to conquer in his name, to be an overcomer in his name, to resist the devil and to defeat him. But I believe that we are also in another specific time. It's, uh, it is the adoption time of the church. And that's what we're speaking about, of the adoption age of the church. And it's the time of the adopted mature church who is positioned in power and authority. Now the traditional Hebrew view of the adoption of son has uh, has absolutely nothing to do with placing an orphan into a foster home. So it isn't like going and adopting somebody else's children. And understand when we're talking about adoption, God didn't go out and adopt some of the devil's children. So that they would, and then accept them and give them his name and accept them as his, as his own. No, these were his own children. And it's not an orphan or a child that is being adopted, but it has to do with this viewpoint of adoption has to do with a young man coming into the place of maturity, whereby the full authority and the resources of his father is bestowed upon him. And I would like to submit today that the church that I'm speaking of is not a church in her infancy, but we are a church of his maturity. She is of full age. Hence, that's the reason there can be the marriage of the lamb in this age, is because the bride is prepared for this moment. She is mature. She has grown up. She is of the mind. She's of the capability to be the wife, the wife of the Lamb. To be the counterpart of Jesus Christ. Now that's, that's a mouthful, but I hope it will become a heartful to you today. Amen. Now, it, so it is the age of the, the mature church. We would call this the bride age. And we definitely believe that we are in the bride age. Right here within the Laodicean age, there is a bride. How many believes that? She is the horn on the lamb, the seventh church age overcomers, victorious ones, who is called the bride. 
And the bright age encapsulate other similar descriptive terms such as seed time, grain time, eagle age, token age, word age, prophetic age, astronaut age, rapture age, climax age, and many other descriptors that define this bright age. And we know that she is also the final voice in the Gentile dispensation that God will use. That he will speak through a bride, a people who will be his hands, his feet, his mouth, who will be his body upon the earth. What a privileged people you are. That God would choose you to work through. Amen. That God would choose you in this evil age to defeat the devil through. Paul would speak about it as he said that when he ascended upon high, he sent back gifts to men. And he said some of these were apostles and prophets and teachers and evangelists and pastors. And he would use this and, 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 and he would use this until we all came to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. And that word perfect man means a mature man, a complete man unto the measure. And I love this. To the measure, here's the stature, here's how high, here's how tall, here's how big we're going to be. Amen. Here's how mature we're going to be. Until the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So you are a people or an age who have been chosen to absolutely portray and model the very fullness of Christ. Not a portion of him. Not a part of him. Not, not, not justification or sanctification or, or gift of the Spirit, but, but a people who are absolutely called, ordained, anointed, and placed in this last day to be the people that are the mature elect church. The people that will be standing undefeated when all of the smoke is cleared from the battle and it's all over with and we can lay our arms down and go to meet him in the air. We will not be leaving here chased out, run out, or defeated bunch of people, but a people here who will be carried away. Amen. Taken out from here in a meeting in the air to meet our bridegroom. And I'll tell you, there's not enough devils in hell. There's not enough powers of sin to keep that bride from reaching and attaining that place because it is God's word that has been released with all its anointing and with all its power to bring that bride into that place and position. Now, can't you see why the devil would do everything in his power to blind the children of God to the message of their full inheritance and adoption as sons, as the adopted mature church? Again, don't think of adoption as, as, as adopting a baby, but rather placing a son, giving him his inheritance, bring him into full power. Now, and when mature sons of God are manifested, the enemy loses his place. Amen. He, lo- he will lose his kingdom. He loses his title. He loses his evil grip on creation. And that's why the Bible said that all creation groans and travails in pain. 
for this moment. It's all been waiting on us. For thousands of years, now, actually from way back in eternity, God has had this in his plans. But now since the fall, the, world, the whole world has been groaning, waiting for the expectation. Expecting this hour, this time, this moment. Amen. We're there where the king of the earth Man who fell would be restored back to his original condition. And that's why when we get into this today, I wanna, we're going to capitalize not on a reformation, but a restoration. Because we're being restored back to where Adam was in the beginning. Now, so now again, you see, Satan loses everything. Amen. And so, so I tell you, without being uh, coming into our place and maturity, well then how can we be that invincible army that Brother Brandon spoke about? You see, Satan knows that it's the people, and you're familiar with this quote, so don't hang it up on the, you know, on the shelf and, and pretend, well, I know all about it. Let's take it to heart this morning. Satan knows that if the people get the true revelation, of the true church. Understand the true revelation of the true church. Amen. And, 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 and what she is and what she stands for and that she can do. I'm talking to a can-do bunch of people this morning. I'm talking about a can-do bride. Amen. That she can do the greater works. That she can fulfill all the scriptures that have been spoken of of this age. You say it's a big job, Brother Tim, but this job is God's job. Amen. He's the one that decrees, I'll have a bride and she will be without spot or wrinkle. I'll have a people for my name's sake and they will do the greater works. Amen. She will be... When she realizes that, she will be an invincible army. I'm speaking to that army this morning. Amen. I'm speaking to that people. We're not talking about this in the future. I'm not talking about another group coming. I'm not talking about a people on the horizon. I'm talking about you. You're it. You're the one chosen, you're the one sent, you're the one predestinated. Amen, the Bible said he predestinated, which means he set your destiny to adoption. There's a church that he's predestinated to adoption. Now, I don't know if you checked your calendar lately, but this is, this is not 33 AD. This is not 2,000 years ago. This is 2018. Amen? Amen. So we're not at the infancy or the beginnings. We're at the end. So we're not starting out. We're the finisher. Come on. Amen. We are the finisher. So you are not the starter. We are the finisher. We're here, right here at the end time. 
Amen. To fulfill what has been written of us. So that she can do the greater works. She will be an invincible army. Now, Satan knows if he can convince you that you're still powerless before him. And because you're, you're waiting on growing up. And waiting on the power to come. Oh, and you are still such a weak uh, pushover because you're not yet adopted. Then Satan can have preeminence over you. But I'm telling you a church that ought to know her position. To know what age that we're in. Amen. That we're here in the finishing. We're in here in the last day. Now, let me just share with you a little definition. And I've already went over it somewhat. But let me just um, read you another definition about adoption. In the Western world, we think of adoption in terms of a child from taking one chi- a child from one family and making it a member of another. However, the Greek or the Roman father adopted as a son his own child. So he'd take his own child and adopt him. His own child and adopt him. This is what God's doing. Not the devil's child. He didn't go out there and find one of the devil's children he thought would be a good candidate for this. No, he, he's adopting his own sons, his own daughters. Are you with me now? Amen. So now birth made him a child, but adoption made him a son. And between the period of birth and adoption were stages of growth, education, and discipline until the maturity was reached for adoption into sonship. With adoption, the son was recognized as one who could faithfully represent the father. He had arrived at the point of maturity where the father could entrust him with the responsibility of overseeing the family business. The son becomes the heir of his father's inheritance. Birth gives one the right to inheritance, but adoption gives one the participation in the inheritance. So one gives you your right, the other gives you your participation. Now, here again, Back 2,000 years years ago, at the birth of the church, all of them have had the right of sonship. Amen. But you are being given participation in the inheritance. And this is what sets you apart as as an age, as the bride age. Amen. That God has given you participation in the inheritance. In other words, you start writing the checks. Amen. In other words, you start acting in his name. In other words, you begin to speak. And whatever you say is just as good as the Father speaking it. Amen. But between the period of birth of the church and its adoption, there have been stages of growth and discipline. There was Luther with justification and Wesley with sanctification. That's discipline. And there's growth that is taking place. And, and then the Azusa Street movement. And on and on. Until now, maturity has been reached. Amen. A full word brings forth a full maturity. Partial word gives partial maturity. 
Luther had a partial word, so they only had partial maturity. But a full word gives full maturity. Now, I want you to ask yourself the question, have we received a partial word or a full word? Did Malachi 4, did William Branham bring a part word or a full word? He brought the full word. We don't have to add nothing to it. We don't have to dress it up. Amen. It's the truth. It's the word of God and it's in its fullness. The mysteries have been revealed to you. They were handed to you. Why? So you can participate in the inheritance. Amen. Not for you to put a diploma on your wall that you know what the seven seals are and that you got a certain knowledge of, of the mysteries. Amen. But no more than that, but that your life might display this gospel. Are you with me? Amen. To give you participation in the inheritance. So you see, there has been stages of growth and discipline until now maturity has been reached. Amen. We're we're too mature to let lukewarmness pull us aside. We're too grown up, come on, to be children having to be babied and pampered and begged to come to church and then begged to participate in church. Amen. And beg to amen the word of God. We're too mature. We're a mature church. We're not an infant church. We're a baby church. A baby church? No, we're not a baby church. We're a grown-up church. Amen. So we got to behave as grown-up church. We got to have faith like grown-ups. Amen. We got to believe like, like full sons, not partial sons, not infant children. Come on. Amen. Not dependent. Amen. But those that know their God and do exploits. Now, so you see, it's bringing us into a full inheritance. With, and, and this is shown when the lamb took the book. Oh, what a glorious moment. Do you realize that happened in our day? Amen. That ought to give you something to shout about this morning. You're different from any other ages. Every other age had a closed book. And you got a a book that's been taken by the Lamb and has opened the book, removed its seals, let you look in on the contents. Come on, amen, so you can see this is mine, and that is mine, and that is mine, and this is mine. Why, it's all mine. All the way from Genesis to Revelation, and in every character of the Bible, amen, where faith was displayed and, and, and worn and, and as a garment they wore, and here we are to now model the very words of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, you see, we, the book has been taken by the Lamb. It's seals removed. That brings us to our full and complete inheritance. Giving us participation in the inheritance. So as I said, God's church is not an infant church. She is a mature church. 
God haven't built his masterpiece from the feet, its foundation to the head, its completion. So that's where we've come. We've come from the cycles. We've come from the feet and the foundation to the head. Amen. The building's now complete. Amen. The, the bride is now complete. I don't mean there's not more members that can be added to it. I'm talking about we have reached the final age. Are you with me now? And God has built his masterpiece to the head. And I want to say the head is here. Amen. The headship has moved into the bride. Hallelujah. Now, when we get down to it, you are the head. Are you with me? Now, we know Christ is the head of the body. I'm not trying to take his place, but we're talking about building a bride. Amen. We're talking about building from the feet. Amen. We're talking about the thigh. We're talking about the waist, the chest, the seeing, the, the seer, the eyes. We know we're at the head because we've had the seer come. And the seer gave us eyes to be able to see things other ages couldn't see. Hallelujah. But I want to get it down to your, way down in your heart. The head, the head of the bride's body. And I'm not talking about the bridegroom now. I'm talking about the final age. You're the last part of the bride to be added. He started with the feet. Come on, building his image. Now then, what's the last? The head. You say, well, the head is Christ. Yes, he's coming. We're meeting him in the air. But there's a headship. There is a head on earth. She is the head of this body. Amen. In other words, the final age of the body. Amen. The final voice to the final age. Amen. And everything, come on, everything that the rest of them have, we have it. Because we're the last age of it. Now, what an adoption age that is. So the bride is the mystery of Christ revealed. She is the matchpiece. She is his body. Amen. So the headship, I want to get it to you again. The head has moved into the, the bride or it has moved into the head. This is where we're at. We come from the neck and Pentecost and the tongue and, and whatever. And we finally come to the eyes. Where are we at now? Come on, show us that, we show us we're the last stage. Amen. Brother Branham came, remember what he said, my mission is to forerun the coming word, which is Christ. Amen, but, but you know, the word is not, now listen, don't get me wrong, but the word is not case, the word is a person. Amen. And that person is a bride because that word has taken on flesh. Are you saying, Brother Tim, the sermons of Brother Branham was not the word? No, I'm not saying that. Of course not. That would be, that would be spiritual insanity to say that. Amen. The, certainly it was the word. Amen. But, but, but again, as Paul would even say, the letter itself, the knowledge of that will just kill you. But the Spirit maketh life. Amen. We have been given the Holy Spirit that has made the message take on flesh. Hallelujah. Amen. So there is another 
there is another step beyond books and tapes. Amen. That's flesh. Amen. For thousands of years, they had, they had books and tapes. Amen. They had recordings. That's what I'm talking about, tapes, recordings. They had recordings of the prophets. They had the recordings of Moses. They had the recordings of what Elijah said. They had the recordings of Jeremiah. But one day, that word stood in flesh. It was no more just a book. It now was a person. And that's what I'm trying to say. It's not just books on yourself. It is in a person of a pride. God displayed in the last day in an adoption age. Now, can I say it this way? It's the revealing of the Son of Man. You say, well, Brother Tim, the revealing of the Son of Man was in in Brother Branham. Certainly, that was displayed a prophetic gift, a prophetic ministry, displaying the ministry of the Son of Man, showing us the Son of Man was here. Is that right? Amen. But he didn't leave. Amen. And that was not his final stage. That's not what God... Listen, God's, God's design was not simply to send a prophet. God's design is to have a bride. Amen. Of course you're not going to get there without the word through the prophet. Amen. You can't have Jesus without John. But the product that God wanted was not God, it was Jesus. The end product. That's what God's design was. That's why Brother Branham said that, that as John the Baptist pointed and said, Behold the Lamb of God, he said this messenger would do the same by pointing to a word-born bride. And I want you to know that's what Brother Branham said was coming. A word born bride. A bride who is the word. A bride who is bone of his bone. Flesh of his flesh. She's him. So now let's talk about the ministry of the Son of Man. Because that ministry continues. The Son of Man is Christ. And his ministry continues. You say, well, it was in Brother Branham. Yes, it was in Brother Branham. That's where it was, but today this is where it is. Amen. Now, you say, well, now, Brother Tim, I tell you, I'd, I need to be challenged on that. Well, let me challenge you. Let me use Brother Branham's word. In the trial, 1964, I challenge you to believe. Now, here's Brother Branham's challenge. I challenge you to believe. I wonder, can you believe it? Can you accept that challenge? You don't even know what it is yet. But we know if the prophet said it, there's somebody going to believe it. So we can go ahead and believe it before we even know what it says. Because we know the word of God is true, right? Amen. So I challenge you to believe that Jesus Christ is revealed in the form of Son of Man. 
Hallelujah. What? In human flesh. Through the bride's body. Here it is. I challenge you to believe this. Amen. I challenge you to, to believe and accept that Jesus Christ is revealed in the form of Son of Man. In human flesh through the bride's body. That is something that is still ongoing. And I challenge you now to believe it. How many is going to accept that challenge this morning? Amen. I'm going to believe that. Amen. The Son of Man is being revealed through the bride's body. Amen. Now, he would tell us in the message absolute. And this is twelve zero one. So this is... Um, in Shreveport, actually, where he ministers this. And he said, and the real born-again people of this age. Now, we're not even talking about, we're not even talking about the Pentecostal age now. We're talking about the bride age. Us Laodicean believers right here in the bride age. And the real born-again people. Wait a minute. I, 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 I thought I might clarify that just for a moment. You say, Right here in Laodicean Bride? Well, I think there will be one. There's somebody going to be victorious. Somebody's going to be the seventh horn on the Lamb. Somebody's going to be of the Lamb. Amen. Somebody's going to be some of those Laodiceans that are not lukewarm, cold, informal, and powerless. But they're going to be on fire for God with the zeal to repent. Amen. Come on. They're going to have eyesight and have clear vision because of it. They're going to wear white raiment. They're not going to be naked like the, like the false church. Remember, he addresses a church both true and false. And there is a true church right here in Laodicea. Right here in the last age. The last horn on the lamb. And she will not be a defeated one. She's ascending to the throne. Hallelujah. Ascending to the throne. I've been preaching about rapture anointing. You've been anointed for rapture. The anointing oil has been poured on you by the seventh angel. And you are anointed for the throne. May not be there yet, but you're anointed for it. David wasn't there yet, but he was anointed. So Goliath had to go. Amen. Every devil, no matter how big it got, had to go because David was anointed for the throne. And you're anointed for a rapture. Don't you ever forget it. You know, sometimes we forget. We get all mixed up. We get mixed up with terminologies. When Lydia was a little girl, she came home from school all smart, knew everything in the first grade, kindergarten. She came home to share her knowledge with Esther. Esther hadn't been to school. So she comes up to me, and I'm in the bathroom. The door's closed, and 
I'm on the other side and brushing my teeth or something. And she says, uh, knocks on the door, Daddy. She wants to share her knowledge. Daddy, I know how to spell cat. I said, you know how to spell cat. How do you spell cat, Esther? She's never been to school. But she's been well taught by big sister. C-A-T spells cat. I said, T-A-C spells cat. She said, no, C-A-T spells cat. I said, A-C-T spells cat. She said, no, T-A-C spells cat. Now, did you get that? (laughs) And that's sometimes where we get, we get all confused with all terminology until we forget what this is all about. Amen. But I want to, I'm talking to a people who ought to know their God and know what this is about. And they don't get confused and throw on tack. They're not being given skim milk. We know what we're talking about. We know who we are. He has been revealed in the bride's body. Now, the real born again people of this age how many is the real born again people of this age of this age right here in Laodicea right the, right the bride in Laodicea amen the real born again people of this age that's filled with the Holy Ghost get that devil right in Laodicea there's some people real born again Filled with the Holy Ghost. No matter what you've done, no matter what kind of Satan's eaten that you brought about, no matter the evil in the land, no matter how many others rejected him and put him on the outside, there's some real believers right down here in Laodicea in the seventh age who are ordained, anointed, and placed to sit on the throne. They know their God. They've been anointed. No. Okay, okay. You know, so cancer gets in our way. Lupus gets in our way. You know, some habit of the world tries to get in our way. Something tries to get, listen, nothing. She's invincible. Did you hear me? She's invincible. This bride is invincible. Amen. We're, we're, we're here to, today. An invincible army cannot be defeated. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Neither death nor height nor principalities nor power nor things of this world or the world to come. Neither things present or things to come. Nothing, nothing can separate you from the love of God. This is who you are. The real, I don't know if I can get through this quote. Hallelujah, it's so good, it's so rich, it's so wonderful, it's so true. It's my inheritance. And I'm just going to participate in it just a little bit. Amen. And the real born again people of this age that's filled with the Holy Ghost is the tie post of this scripture that's got to be fulfilled in this last days. 
Hmm. She's the tie post of the scripture that has to be fulfilled. Everything's tied to her. Everything's pointing to her. Come on. Amen. They, I don't know. Maybe I'll tell you next week. And tell, hey, there, there we go. They are the ultimate. I'm reading you what he said. They are the ultimate. Hallelujah. I'm talking about you. Mama, that's me. I'm talking about you, believer. You are the ultimate. You're what God's been waiting on. You are, this is our, this is the age, this is the time. It is God's ultimate. Because it's his word. And the word is Christ, the typos. There's no way to get away from it. Something that holds you. Hallelujah. This is holding me. No matter what the storm comes, this holds me in the storm. I am the fulfillment of the word of God, of all the words that spoke of the bride. I I dwell among a people that is of the same mind. If I can get you in one mind and one accord. Amen. If I can get you of this mind that was in Jesus. If I can get you to think it like the word thinks. And begin to say what the word says. Ain't nothing going to stand before you. No, not even cancer. Now, where's that Philistine? Today we take your head off. Hallelujah. Amen. Every one of you has got your own place of the skull. Where you took your Goliath and put him up there for everybody to see. Your testimony. I defeated by the grace of God. I defeated this homosexual devil. This spirit of perversion. This adulterous spirit. This habit. This tobacco. Come on, these drugs. I defeated that by the grace of God. What did I use? Just a little slingshot. Faith in his name. Yes, sir. And all I did is let it go. Yes, sir. And he fell. Right. Let it go. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. That's right. You twirled your stone long enough. Yeah. You picked up the name of Jesus long time ago. The five stones, J-E-S-U-S. And you had them for a long time. And you've been twirling it around. And you've been saying I'm more than a conqueror. But now let it go. Let it hit the target. Let it bring your giant down. Let that devil fall. Today, I'll cut your head off because I don't have a Goliath. They are the ultimate. It is God's ultimate. Because it's his word. And the word is Christ, the typos. There's no way to get away from it. Something holds you. 
the tie post in flesh, the son of man in a multi-membered body, the habit, the habitation of God, the temple of the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about you. Real born again people of this age. They are the ultimate, which means the final. Amen. Born of a new creation. Oh, I, I've always loved this quotation. Let me share it with you. Spoken words, original seed. All sons, all God's sons must be the same. Oh, wow. Yes, sir. To be born of the word in spirit and spirit brings us back to the spoken word again, like in John 3. See, to be born of the water and the spirit, what does it do? Then it brings you right back again into the place where you should have been at the beginning. So you're a restored son. If you're back to where you should have been at the beginning, that's where Adam fell from, then you're a restored son. How did you get there? By a new birth. To be born of the, of the word or the water and the spirit brings you back to the place where you should have been born. That's what your new birth means. I'm born this time a son of God. That's what I'm born. God's son. God's daughter. Now, again, the age, this is the age where we sign the check. Now, Brother Brandon would tell us in the message, hear you him. You know what happened when that boy became a certain age? That boy was adopted into the family. Now, what did they do? They took him out in a public place and put a special robe on him and had a ceremony. And all the people of the city gathered round, around and looked. And then they looked upon this boy and the father had a ceremony of adoption. You know, I preached long enough this morning till I'm sweated down and it's too, long, too late to take off my coat because I lose my voice. So I want you to turn the temperature down a little more and cool this place off up here. Now, I don't want you cooled off. It's all right to cool me down a little bit, but I don't want you cooled off. I want you to sit on the edge of your seat. I want you, there's more that I got to say. The Lord wants to speak today. Amen. Now, so now, after that son was adopted, now we're talking about a church. How many is with me now? We're talking about a church being adopted. Not just talking about individuals now. We're talking about a church. Now, this church, this bride church, this bride age, has been taken up to a high hill called Sunset Mountain, visited with a cloud. Come on. Amen. Seven angels came. Why not, not, why not Moses and Elijah? Why not just two? Because Moses and Elijah there on Mount Transfiguration represented 
represented the complete Old Testament law and the prophets. But to represent the New Testament, you're going to have to have seven angels. So seven angels come on a mountain to bring the bride, come on, into her adoption. So what I'm trying to tell you, we have been visited with an angel. Oh, God. Amen. Come on, take a, take a look and see what God's done in this age. Amen. He visited us with the angels. Amen. Seven angels were witnesses and, and, and the spirit of God. Seven different anointings representing the seven spirits of God, which there's one spirit. But here he represents himself in seven church ages. So it, it shows a complete church ages showing us, as Brother Branham said in his word, that all the seven church ages have been completed. Amen. Amen. This is where we're at. So we've been visited with an angel. And guess what that word said to us? What did it say on Mount Transfiguration? It says, hear ye him. Now what did Brother Branham tell us in the masterpiece? That, that, he, that he said that in order for the, for the image to speak, he had to smite it. Amen. And smiting it, it brought forth the bride. A piece off of him. Amen. And he said, what God is doing in this last day is taking that piece that was smitten off at Calvary, the water, blood, and spirit, and putting it right back into him, marrying and making one the bride and the groom. Amen. So now, here we have, we've been, they took him to a public place, put a special robe on him, upon a high heel, had a ceremony. The people gathered and looked. They looked upon this boy, and the father had a ceremony of adoption. I don't miss this. And after that son was adopted, his name on the checkbook was just as good as his daddy's. Hallelujah. That's where the God is trying to get his church. Just say to this mountain, be moved and it will move. As I've said it many times, your mountain must hear your voice. Amen. Authority, sons of God. The whole creation is groaning, waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God, waiting to a spot to where that sickness will be arise. And it'll be that way. The blind will receive their sight. And the deaf and the dumb we pray for them now, but then you'll command it. Didn't say these signs shall follow them that believe that they shall, um, uh, they shall pray for the sick. He said they shall cast out devils, not I will, uh, not I will, they will. If you say to this mountain, not I say, but if you say to this mountain, be moved and don't doubt in your heart. What we need is adoption. Sons and daughters needs adoption. And what we need today is to act in the authority that has been invested in us. What did that mean, old Mount Sunset? It meant the full inheritance was being handed over. The book that had been held back was being revealed. To where? You. A sword was being given. Come on now. 
A sword was being given. Oh, you say, well, Brother Tim, that sword was given to Brother Branham. Listen, the, the tablets of the law were given to Moses. But they were not given to Moses for Moses. They were given to Moses for Israel. Amen. And when Moses got them, Israel got them. And when Brother Branham got a sword, you got a sword. When the word was handed to him, the word was handed to you. Because he was a part of this bride. It was adoption age. Now, the world has certainly come to maturity. We live in a very mature world. Sin has reached its heights. Amen. Just look where, just look scientifically where we've come in 100 years, 125 years. I mean, you know, even look at, look at the, the advancements that are taken with all of the treaties and, you know, work that they've done to try to stop the n- nuclear advancement. You know why they're trying to stop that? Because they know that the power is in the hands of man to destroy the world. So they don't want to get that in the hands of some rogue nation that, that would, would act irresponsibly with it. Are you with me? But look what has happened. I mean, with all these trees, here in North Korea becomes nuclear. The other day, they just about leveled one of their mountains, setting off a, um, must have been, they, they set a hydrogen bomb under there. Caused a huge mountain to fall 11 feet and collapse. And, and uh, you know, there again, said it caused like a 5.2 earthquake. All the way where that little gizmo guy, you know, is up with his binoculars and snickering watching the mountain move. The world's full of idiots. And it don't end with North Korea. Come on. Amen. You got Iran over here. They're, they're another rogue state trying their best to become nuclear. I want to ask you, what for? For peace sake? So we can say peace and safety because Iran's got nuclear. You know, does that make us more safe? No, they, they got it to destroy the world. To burn it with fire. Read the prophecy. It's going to happen. Now, you, you know, you can go and whistle like nothing's going on as you walk through the graveyard. But I want you to understand, we are in the last days. You can pretend and play and say, well, it's rocked along for years and years. Yes, it has. Because God has been building a church. But we're here at the end now. All signs point to that. You better get ready to leave here. Or be destroyed here. One or the other, because it's going to happen. Amen. The world will burn with fire. The, thus saith the Lord from the Bible says so. Predicted eight years before they had the capability. Come on. Now, Brother Branham would say in adoption message, and, and he says, how many have been reading the paper this week? What Khrushchev and them said? Oh, they're ready, and so are we. Amen. Oh, what a privilege. What a day if Christians could only realize the day that they're living in. Well, Khrushchev's dead. I guess probably a lot of his successors are dead. 
You know, but, you know, now we have Mr. Putin in there. And let me just say, though that was 58 years ago, God has given a stay. If you would read the Bible, there was a prophecy in the book of Revelation that actually said, hold back the winds of the earth. Amen. Hold back the winds of the earth until I seal in my servants. And so, you know, the world should have been destroyed many years ago. But God has held back the wars and the winds of the earth and kept them from doing a complete destruction. Amen. Why? So he can seal in his servants. And guess what? After he gets us out of here, he turns and seals in 144,000. So it's with a purpose. And you say, well, they've been scaring us for 58 years. Yeah, and let me tell you something. I was a boy in the Cuban Missile Crisis. My parents were some of the first preppers before preppers was popular. Before it was the thing to do. Yeah, I mean, I was taught as a young boy in the second grade, Brother Joe. In the second grade, you know, as soon as the bomb sirens go off, run home. We're getting in the station wagon, heading to our farm where we had tuna fish stirred up, stored up. How many wants tuna fish? We had a lifetime worth of it. Drinking water, tuna fish, whatever else. We were preppers. My folks was going to be ready. They were Depression-era peoples. Well, I mean, you know, they, they, they frantically got to work. And, and it was turned back. And the crisis passed. And we've had other crises. And they raise up. And God says, hold it back. Not time yet. The warrior of the winds and stripes, hold them back. Listen, it's all God's design. Don't you think for a moment, oh, well, it ain't going to happen. No, God has held it back for now many years so that you could come on the scene. Names that were written in the Lamb's book of life to be manifest on the earth for a bride to come forth from the message that God brought. But we're running out of time. And a farm and plain dealing of 33 acres ain't going to help you. With a well that won't keep water in it and a cistern that keeps running dry. It ain't going to help you. There's no escape. Except to rapture. You know, that's why many years ago, I quit prepping to stay here. And I started teaching our church to prep to leave. Get ready for rapture. Get ready to escape. You don't need a backpack. You need to unload the world and the sins of the world. And you need to run. But you need to run into Christ. But don't get over there and get ease in Zion and, you know, sit back on easy street and let yourself get lukewarm and think, oh, it, the danger's past. 
we're in more of a dangerous world than we've ever been. God has given a stay. Even from this, 58 years ago, Brother Branham talked about. God has held off the atomic fire. He's waiting until every name that's on the Lamb's book of life is manifested on earth and then dipped in blood. And then raptured. And then the bombs will let loose. It's going to happen. The Bible said that there would be a great and terrible day of the Lord and the earth will burn as an oven. Now, you know, you can sit back and some of you young people and some of you not so young people that just live in a frivolous, casual life, just going down your little easy street. You can pretend all you want to. But you're whistling going through the graveyard. This world is about to be a graveyard. And if you don't change your attitude, you'll be a part of the graveyard. You got a choice. I don't like to preach. I don't like to hear preaching like that. Well, you're picked the wrong church to go to. Because that's what we preach here. We preach we're at the end time. We preach it's rapture time. And we do that on the basis of the word of God. And I just want to declare to you again this morning that yes, there is a corporal coming, but he has come. He came in a prophet. He revealed himself as son of man through that prophetic ministry. He wasn't the son of man, but he revealed the son of man. And the word became known, but now the word is being revealed in the bride. And you are the bride coming of Christ. Christ is here in bright form. Who is it? It's Miss Jesus. Now, if she's God like he's God, oh, Brother Tim, if she's of his life, then she's of his power. She's of his character. All that he is, she is. Somebody help me preach now. Let's face it now. Let's look in it. We're realizing where we're at. He said, what do you think the writer of this book that's seen it? And seen where it would be manifested in the last day, waiting and groaning for those sons of God to rise in the last days, with the power of the Holy Ghost at the end of the age to reveal the secret things from the foundation of the world. So it's the hour for sons to be placed, to be positioned with authority. Amen. Now, the church is to be predestinated unto adoption. That means the placing of children where God can take a man and position him or adopt him in the family, position him. Now, we can easily look back and see Luther found his position. Wesley found his position. You know, Pentecost found their position. Then we realize we got a position. And our position in the body is the ultimate, the head. 
Now, then, then he says, when God can take a man and adopt him or position him into the family, he said, then you're going to see the church of God begin to get its place. That's where Philistines will go to backing up. The shorts will go off. Amen. Amen. That, 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 that applies to about 99% of you. But some of those that aren't born again, when they get to slip away on a holiday, they go out there and parade around in their shorts. I ain't even talking to you. I'm talking about mature church. And when you get a mature church, the shorts go off. I'm quoting your prophet. Well, I'll tell you, I don't agree with him. Well, agree with whoever you want to agree with. I agree with the prophet. Amen. Amen. I will take what he said by vindication than what I will with anybody else's idea, including my own. I've laid down my ideas. Paul said he did. He said, I count them as dung. The shorts will go off. The hair will grow down. Faces will be washed. Cigars will be missing. That's at least me and you. Hallelujah. Me and you. Come on. Amen. Then when that church begins to get into its mighty power, when they have an Ananias, Sapphira, a few of them, and you'll see when that holy church stands together in its power, positionally placed as sons of God, adopted into the family of God, a powerful church standing there in its glory. Oh, that's what he's coming for. I preach it to a church he's coming for. When the cigars have gone off, the shorts have gone off, the, the, the face has been washed. Come on, the hair has grown off. We're beyond the baby things. We're mature church. What's everything waiting on? What's the whole creation waiting for? The manifestations of the sons of God is waiting for the church to become to its position. Amen. The pillar of fire. Let me just share with you just a moment. Yep, wore, wore half of you up. Get the other half now. The pillar of fire was seen visibly in this age at this time. It's photographed taken early, early on. It, it happened in Camden, Arkansas. Yeah. Remember I told you about that here some time ago where Brother Brandon was in Camden, Arkansas. It's a town just on the other side of Magnolia, if you know where that is. Right down 79, little bitty nothing of a town, but Brother Bradham went there in his early ministry in 1946. And he had told them about meeting the angel of God and the pillar of fire walking, or the angel walking out of that pillar of fire and how that he would appear in the meeting. And they was filled with a lot of skepticism. You know, people were hearing these kind of things for the first time. You know, they hadn't been seen. And all of a sudden, that fire came from the back, all the way through the front of the building, passed over Brother Branham, it's hung right over them. They actually took a picture of it. It's in the book, A Man Sent from God. Somebody snapped a picture. 
And when they did, the pillar of fire hanging over Brother Branham, as it passed through the audience, there was people that were blind, beginning to scream. I can see the people threw away their canes. Amen. People were healed all, all over the places. That pillar of fire came right in the building, stood over, and, and Reverend Adams, sitting there on the, on the, on the front uh, road there, pointed there and said, I see it. And he staggered back blind for a moment from the pillar of fire that was there. And that wasn't the last time it was seen. Hello. Amen. It was seen over in Houston, Texas. Amen. A picture was taken. It was, it was, it was examined by, by examiners of question documents. You know, and then in Germany, under the German cam- cameras in Switzerland. And it, it was here, it was here to vindicate the word. And now it is, it is here to anoint a people with rapture anointing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? There was a little brother. He had ALS. Lou Gehrig's disease, we call it. It was a muscular dystrophy. He was dying with it. When the elders and brother Ron Spencer's church. This happened just a couple of years ago. I was there in the Labor Day meeting where this brother um, was asked to sing a song. Of course, you know, it affects the, the vocal cords and the voice. Brother Ron helped him sing a song. Oh, they tell me of an unclouded day. And he sang that song there in that meeting. And, and there, you know, just a few weeks later, maybe a month or so, our brother passed on the, on the other side. God took him home. So why didn't God heal him? He did. He heals all diseases. Some he heals in this dimension, some he heals in the next, but he heals. Come on. And there they had, you know, his body laying there. They had, you know, the flowers around the the casket and and laying over there. And there was many a bud that was there that hadn't opened up. And there while that service was going on, the pillar of fire moved in that funeral, passed over that coffin. And as it did, flowers opened up and began to bloom. The buds all popped open with life. Now believe that if you want to or don't want to. That's up to you. But I'll tell you, I believe it. But I want to tell you today, the pillar of fire is not just something that we see milling around. But Brother Brandon said the pillar of fire is on earth in the flesh of his adopted sons of God. Bringing the church together for the son of God to get a bride. Amen. If you think the pillar of fire is missing from this service, I'll tell you, he ain't. He's here in the hearts of every believer. The same pillar of fire that led Moses is in you to lead you all the way to the rapture, to anoint your faith to believe God's word. Mm. Amen. Let me get down for a moment. 
I just want to share just a couple of things. We'll just, we'll just come down to the point of some things here. And I'm going to wind this down here now. I'm going to bring it down to a close. Brother Branham told us in a prayer, God manifesting his gifts. Blessed Father, oh, break down the cruelty of unbelief. Unbelief's cruel. Fear is cruel. That's part of unbelief. It's cruel. And give unction in the spirit that the people might see and know that you are here and you're manifesting yourself just as you did when you were here on earth in a physical body. You come into all physical bodies and anyone knows that it's beyond anything a man could do. It takes God as a spirit as he promised to move in our bodies as he did in the body of his son Jesus. And we being his become sons of God and a part of that same spirit. The character, the works manifest the same thing that it did when, when it was in the corporal body of our blessed Savior. It does the same thing in you that it did in him. Now, no wonder, no wonder that how Jesus reacted. I'm going to show you a couple of reactions where, where the disciples met with a crisis. They were being met actually with, with death. They were scared for their life. And today I want to just say we're going to, you know, when, when we get into this, we, we underestimate and fail to realize the full value of Christ living in you, dwelling in you. You are a new creation. Your prophet talked to you, you're filled with Zoe life, which he said is God's own life. God is in you. 1 John 4, 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater, that's bigger, stronger is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Amen. We're talking about this. God called us now in this moment to do exploits, to stand there on the truth of the word of God and to see it. Now, let me just labor just for a moment more. Because, again, look where the church has advanced. Until we're here in the coming of the Lord, we start off with Luther, a reformation. Until God has finally given up on the denominational churches, he's not calling on them to repent. The Bible said he gave them a space to repent, and they wouldn't do it. So they had a Catholic priest. Tried to reform the church. Why aren't we in the churches out there trying to reform them? This is not a reformation. Luther tried that in the church. And they kicked him out. And he brought a reformation. And then they went and turned back and become a harlot like the whore. Like the mother. What a mother's day. That's why you want to be a real mother so your children... Don't follow that kind of example. 
Then we come on right to the next. What did Wesley do? He tried to bring a reformation. Do you know Azusa Street was a reformation? But I want you to get this. This is not a reformation. This is a restoration. Amen. There's a difference between trying to reform a church and restoring a church. And it would take a prophet of Malachi 4 to bring a restoration. And we are in the times of the restitution of all things, the restoration of all things. That's what makes this the adoption age, the adoption time. Now, so God is not reforming. In fact, she has been spewed out of his mouth, rejected as his mouthpiece as speaking for him. Because why? Now he has a bride on earth who is mature enough to speak as his body upon the earth. Now, this is why you see heaven moving, the lamb taking the book. The lamb, that's God, is the man Christ Jesus taking the book and opening it, delivering its contents to those of us on earth, handing over to his church the full and the complete power. Now, I'm going to skip ahead right quick. But I want to, I've got something that I want to bring to you. He said, now this may choke you to death. Well, I, I hope you can get it down then. Because otherwise you're going to die with this. This may choke you to death. But did you know that men that are sons of God are amateur gods? Amen. How many knew that? How many knows that when Jesus that Jesus said so. The Bible said, did you not do your law say that itself that you are gods? Amen. Which, and if you call them gods, which God said in Genesis 2, they were gods because they had full domain over the dominion of the world. And he gave them dominion over all things. And he lost his godship. And he lost his sonship. And he lost his domain. And Satan took it over. But brother, we are waiting for the manifestations. Of the sons of God who will come back and take it over again. Hallelujah. Now listen. Waiting for the fullness of time. Where are you? Has the church ages reached its fullness? Has the last day messenger sounded his message? Are we in the last church age? Have we received the last message? Amen. Now listen to this. Waiting for the fullness of time. When the pyramid gets up to the top. Now God's been building a church. And he said he built it like a pyramid. It starts with the base down here. Gets narrow, 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 narrow. Until it comes up. Until the head comes. Somebody help me preach now. Now we're not here in the foundation. We're here at the top. So now he said, waiting for the fullness of time, when the pyramid gets up to the top. How many agrees? We're at the top. We have reached the summit. We're at the top of this. Are you with me now? Amen. When full sons of God will be manifested, when the power of God will walk out, hallelujah, and will take every power that Satan has away from him. 
Glory to God. This is what is expected out of you that have reached the top. Go take every power that Satan has away from him. This is your commission. Amen. Jesus commissioned the disciples, go cast out devils. Amen. Do it in my name. Do it in my stead. Come on. Amen. Go cast out devils. Speak with new tongues. Drink any deadly thing. It ain't going to hurt you. You're not going to be destroyed. No weapon formed against you is going to, will will prosper. It can't stand against you. Waiting for the fullness of time when the pyramid gets up to the top. When the full sons of God will be manifested. When the power of God will walk out. Hallelujah. And will take every power that Satan's got away from him. I'm talking about you now. We were in Jerusalem the other day. My first sight of Jerusalem, as we broke over the hill, your first sight of it was that big old gold dome of the mosque that has been built on the most holy site. They claim under that site is the rock that Abraham offered Isaac. While we stood there looking down on that, on that mosque and its big gold dome. Actually, it was the day that we were at the Wailing Wall and we stopped at a place where we could look over the whole scene. And we're looking over there and we're seeing that mosque there. Big gold dome sticks up, rises up above. It's in your face. Over behind it there on the same Temple Mount is another mosque called the Mosque of Omar. It was built about the year 1500, I think. They built that on that holy place. The enemy is camped out there. And they set their claim to it. Israel has become satisfied with owning just a little piece of the Wailing Wall. They call it the Wailing Wall because when the soldiers of 1967 got to that wall, they broke down and began to cry because for the first time in 2,000 years, a Jew was able to touch the Temple Mount, the people of the inheritance. And they broke down and wept. And from that time on, the Jews have had access to that. But did you know in 1967, they took the whole mount. They took the temple site. They took the mosque. And there were courageous soldiers that climbed up right on that dome. All the way to the top. I don't know how they climbed that slick thing, but they did it. They made it all the way to the top. And they put an Israeli flag up there. Hallelujah. Amen. They were letting everybody know that this now belongs to Israel. But you know what happened? There, the generals and the politicians, they bowing by the pressure of the world that was coming upon them 
are going to give it back to the Muslims, to the Arabs, the Palestinians. Well, them, them Israeli soldiers, they were willing to risk their life to put a flag on top of that mosque. But they wasn't willing to climb that mosque and take down their flag. So they couldn't get a soldier nowhere that would go and risk his life to climb up on that mosque and take down that flag. They weren't going to do it. So a couple of cowards, the generals, Moshe, Diane, and them, they, they got under pressure and, and stood there under pressure and, and cowardly and, and afraid of the turmoil and afraid of the world's opinion and afraid of everything. And they took their weapons and shot the flag down. Officers shot it down. And I'm just going to say to you this morning, I have just read to you where Brother Branham said, we are at the top of the pyramid. Come on. And he said, we are here. We have a charge to take every power that Satan has away from him. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I, I am willing to do everything I can to put a flag at the top of that promise. But I ain't willing to go back and take it down. There's no way I'm going to take it down. And I'm not going to allow anybody to shoot down this flag. I put this banner over the word of God, over the promise of God, over that holy place. And ain't no devil going to take it away. I will not bow to political pressure. I will not bow to the world pressure. I will not bow to sin. I will not take the flag down. Take that flag. Plant it on the promise. Plant it on your pyramid. Take it and say it belongs to me. Hallelujah. Let's stand our feet and worship God. Hallelujah. Less batter must be the play because of the truth. Hallelujah. Take that banner this morning and wave it high. Hallelujah. If you need healing, take the banner. Walk right up on that promise and say, I'm the Lord God that healeth thee of all thy diseases. Amen. Whatever it is, whatever you need today, take that plane. Believe it for yourself. How dare anybody. I will not tolerate anybody shooting that flag down. Amen. A prophet of God has sticked it upon that mountain. And it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. Healing is mine. Salvation is mine. The Holy Ghost is mine. The promise is for our children and for our children's children. And I don't care how far off you've been, even as many as the Lord our God shall call, it is there for you. We are the generation. Amen. We are the people of the open book. We're the people of the inheritance, the adoption age, the adoption time. 
Hallelujah. Can I say it? The mother to bring forth the promised son. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Isn't God good to us? Amen. Come here, Sister Rissler. Amen. Come right here. Brother Rissler, you come to Amen. God bless you. Amen. Jesus breaks every fetter, doesn't he? Amen. Amen. You want to go home without a limp? You want to go home well? Overcome? Amen. You know he, he can take care of whatever it is. Doesn't every infirmity. Amen. Nothing can stand. I anoint you with the oil of the Holy Ghost. Now I lay my hands upon you as I'm commanded in the Bible. And I rebuke the spirit of infirmity. And I command it to go. And I plant the flag of God's promise right now on my sister. She's come faithful to the house of God, even with this affliction. And I curse it in the name of Jesus. Satan, you are cursed. And we command you to leave her in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Lift up those hands now and worship God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. What a mighty God. Amen. And it leaves her body because we believe. Hallelujah. Amen. We are believers, aren't we? They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen. What about your mountain out there? What about you that's listening in on the internet? What about you sitting home with your problem? That situation, is it too hard for the Lord? What about your problem here? Amen. She's already better. Glory to God. Amen. She's already better. Amen. It's already at work. How many believe that God's at work among us? Now they will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. No matter what your need is or your situation, you believe God. We're here at the top of the mountain. We're here to take Satan's power and authority away from him. To say this is our inheritance. This is our right. Lay your hands on one another right now. Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We rebuke that enemy and the powers of hell. And we agree together right now if two or more gather in your name, I'm there in the midst. Lord, today we believe, therefore we speak. We speak health. Lord, to those that are sick, those that are needy, no matter what the name of the disease is, no matter what our fear that it is, we command it to go in Jesus' name. We believe the word of God. Ever sin, ever habit, ever situation, ever lost soul, amen, ever barren soul. May the barren give birth, give forth today to life within them. For I ask it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lord, you know the needs, Father. In Jesus' name, for the glory of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Will you worship him now? Just lift your hands to God and give him praise. Amen. Amen.